Welcome to Seder Stories, the official podcast of Holy Cross Athletics. Hello and welcome into Seder Stories. My name is Elijah Gonzalez. We thank you for taking the time out today to listen to our podcast and the official podcast of Holy Cross Athletics. Today, we're talking about the mental health and mental health awareness of student athletes uh, as they prepare in their sports and continue to compete. Um, and this is something that has been talked about a lot, uh, both on the national stage, uh, as well as among uh, a lot of student athletes in a lot of different circles. Um, today, I have a bunch of student athletes with me today to, uh, to discuss this. Um, so, uh, so we will start and they will be able to introduce themselves um, here on the podcast. Hey everyone, uh, my name is Jonna Shanley. I am on the women's volleyball team and I am a junior. Hi y'all, my name is Emily Sullivan. And I'm a senior on the women's swim and dive team. Hi everyone, my name is Chase Maitland and I'm a junior on the men's lacrosse team. Hi, my name is Madeline Buco and I'm a senior on the women's track and field team. Hi everyone, my name is Connor McNerney and I'm a junior on the cross country and track team. And to round it out, everyone, hi, my name is Dr. Trevor Cody, uh, sports psychologist and staff psychologist here at um, the Counseling Center at Holy Cross, uh, and currently hold the position also as a coordinator of student athlete mental health services and programming. Well, thank you all for, for joining us today um, and, and, and talking with us here on Seder Stories. Trevor, I'll open the floor to you to start, and then the student athletes can, can jump in here uh, on this, this first question. Um, but what is the importance of managing not only the physical health aspect of, of student athletes, but um, in your experience, the importance of managing the mental health side of it as well? Yeah, well, my opinion, I, I think it's everything. Um, you know, when I look at well-being, life satisfaction, uh, even optimal performance, for me, the first place is to look at it from the complete picture, uh, recognize a student athlete as a whole person, and really that integration of mind-body. Uh, and also specifically look at, you know, their identities of who they are on and off the athletic arena is, is crucial to um, how we can um, get our athletes to thrive uh, both on and off the field. And so for me, when we're looking at this physical and mental health, when, when one is out of the alignment, uh, we, we most likely begin to think, feel, or act in really suboptimal ways or really atypical ways, whether it be um, decrease in motivation, um, maybe irritation or irritability, uh, a little bit more anger. So there, there's a, a variety of ways in which when our physical or mental health is out of alignment, um, it's certainly, uh, we act in, like I said, it's suboptimal ways. And then our, our thoughts begin to really slant more towards the negative, which our mind naturally loves to do. You know, and another thing with this is uh, when, what we do know is when you don't take care of that uh, emotional or mental well-being approach, um, we start to experience significant sleep difficulties, decrease in energy, motivation, our mood drops, no attention on the appropriate and healthy and positive cues starts to fade away. And of course, our productivity and performance decreases. So for me, in order to thrive, we both have to look at, or we have to look both at the physical and the mental health needs. And we need to give that equal attention. We need to care for it and continuously work on it. Uh, one other thing I'll mention here before uh, opening up to the panel is that when we talk about emotional well-being or mental health, 
for me, mental health and, and counseling is not solely about going to talk to someone because you're ill or something's wrong with you or that you're weak. For me, when we talk about strengthening that, that psychological component, um, it's about finding another way to strengthen yourself and find, a way, find another way to grow and to develop. Many times I'll, I'll look at the work that I do with the athletes um, as like my office as a mental gym. You know, athletes love and they're admired and reinforced of how much time they may spend in the weight room, how much time they spend in video. And, you know, they get applauded for being called a gym rep. And for me, the hope is to get to a point where we can begin to recognize that athletes that are looking to gain an edge and strengthen from a, a psychological or mental health approach and that they're utilizing supports and services around them, that we can also reinforce and admire those athletes that are, are trying to sharpen or gain an edge um, within their mental approach. And so really at Holy Cross, uh, the goal is to make mental health and mental well-being very accessible and visible, uh, as well as um, looked at as a strength that this athlete is trying to gain uh, and engage in any services that's gonna help them on and off the field. So, you know, that's why I'll start the conversation here and how important it is to, um, we spend so much time on that physical piece and it would be great if we can kind of equal it out and spend just enough, just enough time, as much time on our, our mental approach and strengthening our, our mental health. So you know, I'll stop there and would love to hear um, what the panel also has to say about that. Yeah, one thing that really stuck out to me was um, we should spend just as much time on the physical aspects, on our mental aspects as well. And a lot of things that people say when I talk about it, because I engaged in doing some mental practices that I've really benefited from, and I try to spread the word as much as possible. And a lot of times people say like, oh, well, like, there's nothing wrong with me. Or like, I'm like, I'm like fine right now. Like, I'm happy. And I feel like on the, on the physical sense, it's like, okay, would you not stretch because you're healthy right now? Would you not lift weights because you're not injured? And it's kind of like that same idea. It, it doesn't have to be a, I'm sick. I'm going to go to the doctor. It's more so like, um, what can I do that's a preventative? What's something that I could do that's not going to put me in this negative mindset that you can't necessarily see physically when you look at me, but definitely impacts how you perform, how you um, go about your practices, games, how that bleeds into your academics, your social life, because it can really take um, a big impact, whether it be positive or negative. It just depends on what you're willing to do, the work that you're willing to put in. So that's what I'll say for that. Yeah, John, I really like that because uh, one of the things that I thought was important too was just this idea of like, oh, um, I don't need that. Like, I'm fine right now. And, um, and I think the important thing with being conscious about uh, mental health is just understanding that you want to be at your best every day and whether that's just well-being or academics or sports or whatever it may be. Um, I think everyone can admit they want to be feeling their best. Um, they want to be performing their best. So like you said, you wouldn't stop stretching because you feel good. You, you know you always want to be at your top performance. And I think uh, it's important to be conscious of that mentally too. Going off of what the two previous athletes said, I completely agree in the idea of like preventative mental health awareness. And um, a big part of me and like with swimming is that I can practice and feel totally fine and not anxious when thinking about a race or like a test in school or whatever you're facing, but you never know when it's gonna hit. 
so having these techniques and tools and these aids to help you just stay mentally strong for whenever it does hit is such a well preventative measure so that when it does like it's not as hard and then you have the coping strategies to help and then another thing that I was thinking of what Trevor said is how the mental and the physical are so intertwined is like when we came home last March and like a lot of people couldn't practice their sports anymore or work out on the level that we're used to a lot of my teammates and I and some of my friends from other teams have been stressing that our physical health went down, our mental health went down, which made us not want to practice as much, which made us worse mental health. And really understanding how combined the two are, really, I think this past year has been shown that to perform our best, like in the classroom, in with relationships, in our sports, it really does have a mental health capacity of it. I think it's also important to note that as athletes, I think a lot of our ways of coping or de-stressing would be using our athletic sport as such. Like for myself, I always found that like, if I'm stressed out with academics or something like in my social life, I go out on a run and that's going to be my way to cope with it and really think about what's going on. So it's important to know, like if we're stressing about us stressing about the sport itself, we may not be able to use that same coping mechanism as like, I mean, we have a ton of different athletes on here, but if I'm stressed out about running, running might not be the best coping mechanism to do that. So it's important to use resources like yourself, Trevor, and our teammates to, to, to talk about mental health and really figure out what's the root cause of this so I can get back to competing at my, at my peak ability. Yeah, I really agree with all that. I think one of the reasons why mental well-being practices feel unaccessible is because people view them as like a last resort kind of thing. Like, oh, I have to be in like extreme mental turmoil to go to the counseling center. I have to be having, be in crisis. And it really is like Emily said, like it needs to be built into your routine. I think a lot of student athletes thrive off of routine. We need things scheduled and we need routine. Like it, that makes us feel good. So it needs to be made part of the routine because you never know if you'll benefit from something unless you try it. So you don't have to wait for your next emergency to do something. I think all of you, mentioned it in some capacity. Um, the pandemic has been something that everyone has been dealing with. Um, you know, Emily, I know you mentioned staying in touch with your teammates um, and, and being able to do that. But just give me a perspective from what you you all have, have had to go through, um, you know, not being able to be on campus at times and, and, you know, not being able to compete at the highest level in your sport and how that has affected mental health for not only you, but maybe your teammates or just in general and, and what you guys have done in, in this experience in this time to, to, to cope with, you know, what has been going on um, regarding the pandemic. Yeah, um, I know a big thing for me with the pandemic has just been uh, productivity. And um, I think as student athletes, all of us, we feel really productive when we're in class and when we're uh, working out or doing film or practicing. And when that's all taken away from you and you're just sitting at your home, maybe you have access to a gym or maybe you can go for runs. It's just different. And, um, and I think productivity really ties into mental well-being because you feel good when you know you're doing the things that you should be to better yourself, whether that's on the field, in the classroom, or just personally. So um, I think for me, a big thing that I've been working on throughout the pandemic is just finding things that make me feel productive, um, even with these uh, circumstances, whether that's reading or listening to music or finding TV shows I like or things that I find worth uh, researching or whatever it may be. 
uh, just finding different realms of uh, feeling productive, even in this uh, weird situation. I completely agree with what Chase just said is the productivity of not having um, like a strict class practice schedule has been a very extreme change coming home. But I think that a large part of that also has to do with the identity of us as athletes. Because if you ask me, I identify myself as a student at the College of the Holy Cross who's on the swim team. And that is a large part of my identity. And I believe coming home and not having access to a pool and my teammates as like my main social circle and like my coaches to be there for me and kind of just have like that rigidity in my schedule has really caused me to look towards other interests and help broaden my scope of my own identity. So that was like really hard to face at first, but now I believe it's made me such a stronger individual and a more well-rounded individual. Cause as Chase said, I started reading, I started finding, I hated running to begin the pandemic and now I'm like enjoying running more. And I think that that's just gonna make me a better swimmer overall and also a more well-rounded individual and stronger in my mental health because I have more components to my identity now. So that was a challenge at the beginning of the pandemic that has really turned into a positive. Yeah, I can relate to that 100%, Emily. Um, that was something that I'm, I guess I would say more so struggling with now that I like always had, like when I went back to the pandemic um, back home, um, I luckily had a, a club that I could go to that I graduated from and it was like our thing to like go back and play with each other. Obviously there was a, a large moment in time where we were not able to do that because we were in quarantine, but it was like something that we were looking forward to. So I had such a great Holy Cross community, but I also had such a great home community that I could kind of lean back on. And then later in the, in the pandemic, it's like you're thinking about um, other things that you have to do and all these stresses from different aspects of your life and the identity issue really comes up because it's like somebody asked me like oh like who are you I'm like oh I'm like John I'm a, I'm a volleyball player and it's like no I'm I'm Jonna but volleyball is something that I do school is something that I do um whatever extracurricular activities is something that I do these are just various aspects of my life that I'm good at that kind of um, piled together to to make up my identity as opposed to like oh this is who I am because post-graduation when I'm not necessarily in that volleyball community anymore I'm going to be like okay well now now there's a problem right there so I 100% agree that I think in different ways we kind of all had the same same issues which was so weird because we were all alone and we were separated but we were all kind of going through the same things um, in different ways but I think it's nice having stuff like this and and getting on Zoom as painful as that can be um, to kind of just talk about like what's what's going on and then hearing other people talking about the same exact issues that you have and it's like okay now I feel less lonely now I feel like I'm not doing this by myself which is really um, encouraging. Yeah and you know just kind of what was just shared there between Chase, um, Joanna and, and Emily that just comes out as you know through the pandemic, there, there are certain things where it comes time, I, I want to try to find a way to be resilient during this time. And the things that just popped out for me was I need to find another way to find meaning or purpose or another way to, be, to kind of engage in, in well-being practices, even because my sport was taken away from me. Um, in the addition to that identity, it's not about what I do. It's not about like the, the sport or the, the student, but it's who am I doing those things? What are the qualities of my behavior that give me joy? 
Um, and so for me, that is just the, it, it shouts out um, how important it is um, and what you all are sharing as far as resilience when it comes to mental health and, and the pandemic. Um, so I just wanted to just jump in there because those are, those are some great qualities that are really difficult to do and, and glad that you have found it and have shared it in this, in this medium. Um, so, you know, I also wanted to follow up. There's been two recent studies that have been conducted from the University of North, North Texas to really understand how COVID's impacted student athletes. Um, so I just want to share a couple of them because I think it would really help normalize and validate what maybe some on this panel of experience, but maybe uh, in some within our student athlete population here at Holy Cross. Um, and so the first one was done, uh, it surveyed 6,000 students um, across all division one, two, and three back in, in the summer of 2020. And it just wanted to look at what is the, the psychological component or impact from COVID. And some pretty significant numbers stood out and I'm gonna share them and I'd love to hear what, what the panel has to say about them. Um, Cause I think, so let me just start with, you know, 50% reported significant decrease in academic performance. 33% reported significant symptoms of, uh, of depression. 15% reported significant psychological distress and dissatisfaction with life. You know, and out of that 6,000, only 5% reported no symptoms of distress. And even more so, I think maybe more alarming was the impact that it had on sleep, substance use, and eating concerns and body dissatisfaction where over a quarter of that 6,000 that they surveyed reported significant increases in those three areas. So it just goes to show how kind of the COVID and the pandemic is much more than a physical concern, but for these athletes um, coming into competing, they're also having to combat some of these things that we just mentioned. And before I kind of share, get here the thoughts of the panel is that, you know, with all those numbers, 80% um, of those 6,000 student athletes reported that even though they had, they had significant increases in symptoms, 80% did not seek counseling or other therapeutic services. And so for me, that disproportionate shines a, a big light on the underrepresentation and really underutilization uh, of any type of, of supports that a student athlete can, can access, which for my opinion may leave student athletes maybe at more at risk of uh, mental health concerns. And, and I think that's just something to kind of, what we were talking about before is how can we make it more accessible and visible. And, and this study just kind of really highlights um, the need that even though there's an increase in these symptoms, still there is something getting in the way of accessing supports. So, you know, there's another study done on, on return to sport, but I would love just to kind of hear if anyone on the panel has any, any thoughts or reflections on, on that study and the results. My uh, my first thought that comes to mind is like, I think there's still a, a very much a, a stigma against seeking help, especially when it has to do with your with, with mental health. And it's definitely up to us as teammates and certainly as leaders on the team to uh, to support one another, but also support each other to go talk to professionals. And I think that's like the main disconnect between between uh, like trying to trying to figure it out yourself and then trying and then going to going to someone to seek help. Um, so I think those number I, I, I think those numbers make a lot of sense that the that a lot of people are not seeking the help that they should that they should get. 
I also think a large part of the reasoning why that's such a disconnect is that I believe as student athletes, we pride ourselves in discomfort and are used with discomfort. Like the way to get better is to push yourself to an extreme discomfort and then coming back and then recognizing that mental health doesn't have to be that way and shouldn't be that way. And having the disconnect between pushing yourself physically and being okay with discomfort in practice or discomfort in studying and pushing yourself to a higher level in the classroom or in your sports or in anywhere else in life isn't the same as making yourself the best that you can be mentally. And that discomfort doesn't mean it's okay. And I think that that also like has a big impact on the discrepancy with the numbers. Um, one of my friends from a different school noted that it took her a while to go have help during the pandemic because she was like, I thought it was just part of the plan and that it was just part of the discomfort that she normally faces. Mm -hmm. um, and then recognizing that that's not how mental health works necessarily, not say that it has a set system of working or not working, but that the discomfort when you have your mental health in your view isn't necessarily the right thing and to help alleviate that discomfort is something that student athletes I think have a hard time doing. And I think something that I found particularly alarming from hearing about that study Trevor was like the amount of um, issues with eating and issues with like body satisfaction and substance use. I think a lot of student athletes, male, female, non-gender binary struggle with disordered eating and eating healthfully and eating enough. And I think a lot of us use our teammates in a way to support each other in that, um, especially female athletes, at least in my own experience. Me and my friends are always constantly checking in on each other, like, are, are like, oh, like you're super tired. Like, do you think you're eating enough? Do you think you're, you know what I mean, have access to what you want to eat? So I think it, that's definitely particularly alarming because when you leave that group of people who know the kind of nutrition you need to be a division one student athlete and you go home to your family who might eat totally different than you not necessarily unhealthily but just different I think it it probably was very difficult for a lot of people adding on to that I think that the whole nutrition aspect is something that a lot of student athletes have in their mind of eating well and being nutritious for their sport and then going from a period of such high activity to a period of almost like stagnation that we were in when we originally came home from school in March, there was a large discrepancy between eating enough to fuel 6,000 calories a day of making sure that you could practice to then sitting on your couch and not having much to do. And I think that that threw a lot of myself, including for a whirlwind and understanding now like, okay, if I'm not practicing that much, what does nutrition mean? And then when I get back into practicing that much, what does it mean? And finding that balance that for the past 15 years of my life, I carbo load every single night and now trying to find a new nutritious way of doing that, I think also had a big impact on like my personal mental health. Yeah, going off of what uh, Emily and Maddie were just saying, I think that's a really interesting uh, aspect because I know for me as a student athlete, I would always be like, oh, I need to be eating this many meals a day. Um, I need to be drinking water like this often. I need to go to bed at this time because I can't afford to be sluggish or anything at practice the next day. And then when you don't have practice the next day, or you don't have that lift or the film session. It's kind of like, oh, I can just not 
eat until this time or I don't have to hydrate the same amount. And uh, if you're someone like me, where like you're not obsessed with eating 24 seven, it's uh, sometimes I forget, I'm like, oh, it's two o'clock and I haven't like, I haven't even had breakfast yet. <laughs> but, um, but again, but when I had lacrosse for me, it was like, oh, I need to be eating maybe two things for breakfast, like breakfast at 10 and breakfast at 1130 or something like that. So uh, that's something that I've struggled with from sleep to hydration to nutrition. It's just tough when you use your sport as um, the main like motivator for that stuff. It's probably the same thing with the substance abuse as well. If people didn't have the, oh, I can't, you know, be doing all of these substances because they're going to have a negative impact on my um, athletic abilities. So when people felt that it was out the window, probably a not healthy coping mechanism would be to not regulate that as much at all. Because we're seeing like the, the negative impacts of re taking away that structure that we all know student athletes love and abide by. Uh, and when that's taken away, uh, it certainly can be a little scary. And then we see things kind of unravel without us even really knowing. I think this ties back into what we were talking about with the multiple aspects of identity and how a lot of us used our sports to regulate our nutrition and substance use. And now if that isn't there, then creating a different set of identities or developing different identities to be like, well, you know what, if I'm not eating this much for swimming, I'm eating this much so that I can be energized for the day or that I can be sleeping enough so that I could do well in like my job now, rather than relying it on the sports is really, I think a good coping mechanism might be to increase your levels of identity so that you ha still have that structure maybe. So I wanted to um, share one of this other study and get your, your opinions on it here because it also speaks now to a little bit of a different aspect of COVID and it's talking about um, looking at the impact of COVID on student athletes' health, well-being and performance as they return to campus and begin to think about how are they gonna compete now um, with the, the era of the pandemic and how new challenges are gonna arise. So again, this was done out of University of North Texas and was published in November, 2020. And this time it, it surveyed 1600. Um, and it found that again, the pandemic's more than just this physical concern, but it really highlighted the impact on student athletes' life, such as housing, jobs, and finances. And so, um, you know, I'm gonna share a couple of the sticks that came, came from it. And, and again, I'd love to hear um, some of your, your reactions to it. Um, so one is, so 25% reported that um, a family member uh, lost their job during the, the pandemic. 25% uh, of the student athletes reported that they lost the job or were unable to get a job over the summer. 5% uh, reported fam their family being unable to pay rent and financial instability. And, and unfortunately, what was really found consistent with the national data here is that those statistics are disproportionate towards student athletes of cover, color. And, and then and lastly, within this study, the Latinx community was, was most disproportionately affected uh, related to all issues that we just spoke about within COVID. So I think the reason why you know, this, for me, this, this study is really important is to recognize that student athletes are now trying to think like, oh, they just spent six months or eight months out of their sport and now they're coming back into it and have to learn all the new guidelines but they're also not only just learning the new things and having to show their coach that they stayed in shape or whatever it may be, 
um, that they're also bringing this external stress that they've been dealing with for six to eight months or over a year, um, which are, like we talked about, is going to get you to a point where you're going to feel really uncomfortable and maybe some of your mental or physical health is going to be out of alignment. And so I think that's just important for all student athletes to understand that if you're, you're one of those in that category, it's important to be kind to yourself and understand you're not alone uh, in trying to navigate and balance um, these external challenges that are added on top of the already challenge of being a student athlete at Holy Cross. So that, those are my, that's my quick thought on it, but we'd love to hear if anyone else has any reactions to, to that study. Yeah, I think uh, that raises a lot of good points kind of uh, for the individual itself, but also like you looking at your teammate and being like, this person probably just went through a whole bunch of stuff that I have been completely unaware of. And that forces you to kind of have to connect to that, connect with them in a way that you probably didn't have to in the past. Not to say that it's a new person, but it's like, it's different when, um, you know, your roommate is your teammate and you basically know all her struggles. She talks to you about fight with her sister or how annoying her mom can be. And then you spend all this time apart and you don't understand the relationships in the ways in that they developed or didn't develop or ended and all that stuff. And as athletes, we always say like, whether you're in a gym or on the field, but like leave whatever issues you have like outside the gym. And I think that, that, that it's, it's a good point in a way, but also you want to make sure that they're still tended to because ignoring them will kind of have them just fester. And then it might end up having no other weight, uh, no other place to go than the gym and then this person isn't practicing good they're bringing the team down like stuff like that so i think um student athletes kind of have to recognize that whether whatever happened to you whatever traumas happened to you that they're not your fault but um it is technically your responsibility to get that healing get that um get that out of your system so it's not like you're building it up and, and letting it out on somebody who's totally like oh my gosh like i had no idea um, and I think that's going to be on you, but also on, on the people around you to kind of understand like, okay, where is this person at? Like wh what headspace are they in? Um, and then understanding like your teammate, like you might not be the person for your teammate, which is totally okay. But finding out like, I know this girl, she's really close with this person on another sports team or one of my other teammates, like maybe I should just talk to her and make sure she's good and kind of just understanding the dynamics, um, that are on your team to kind of get the best out of everybody, uh, keeping in mind the different situations that everybody came from. Yeah, I think just learning so much as we did um, over the summer and over the pandemic about what struggles communities of color were facing and have been facing for decades. I think what I, I felt like that there was nothing in my control and like there was so much I wanted to do. And I realized that most of the time the only thing I could do was just let like the women of color like my teammates my friends on my team know that in big and small ways there's always a space for them um to share or to not share and it was like totally up to them but that there will always be a space and that anything to any degree is okay so just kind of letting them know in big and small ways was like the only thing I could do um to at least just make sure that that message got across that there was always going to be a space like you said if they wanted to keep it outside of the gym if they wanted to you know what i mean keep it to themselves but that there was a space if they needed it i'm curious is there any for you all any hesitation 
um, about returning to sport and knowing that, or are there any things that you know you're trying to figure out how you're going to manage and navigate really coming back and competing um, as a student athlete? I, I think that this may be a, a good opportunity to, again, normalize or validate. Are there, are there things as a student athlete that are presenting more of a challenge than they typically have? Yeah, I think it's definitely, um, it's a weird season to approach. So I'm, uh, I play lacrosse, which is a spring sport. And um, for me, I think uh, a lot of student athletes in general are kind of facing this whole debate of like, oh, so like how prepared am I compared to the guy next to me, prepared to um, Lehigh's men's lacrosse program or Navy's men's lacrosse program. And um, I think the biggest thing to combat that and improve that is just uh, doing what you can to have that confidence. I know for me, um, that was something I was really stressed about uh, earlier in the winter and in the fall. And um, I think I've gotten to a point where I just know I've been doing what I can to be in the best possible spot. But, um, but I still think, I mean, it's tough. It's tough for a lot of student athletes because I don't really know what uh, my teammates are doing and what they have access to. I don't know what my competitors are doing over at different programs in the Patriot League. Um, and that part is definitely stressful in a way that we've never experienced because typically all fall you're with your team and you don't really care what the competitor is doing, but you're with your team and you're all doing the same thing. And then um, for winter break or whatever, it may be you're on your own, but uh, it's definitely different in that sense. I think just to add on to that, we had a, uh, we had a meeting on Wednesday night and we were talking about kind of the regulations and rules that we have to abide by when we go back. And it's just going to be a different way of training that we're not used to in small groups and just under time constraints. So I, I think it's just going to take some time for us athletes to get used to these new rules and regulations and make sure that we can um, get them done and, and just perform and then, you know, get, get to the, get to our races or games, tournaments. So, you know, I think it's just going to take some time to uh, get used to get used to that. I'm on Patriot League SAC and we had a meeting and what was discussed is exactly what Chase and Connor are talking about. The fear of not being prepared as well as the anticipation of how actual athletics is going to work. And those two things combined, I think, does make for an anxiety-ridden written situation coming in. And one of the things that we talked about on the Patriot League SAC, which for people that don't know are like representatives from each school. So we talked about how really that's something that we can only prepare for as much as we can at home, but then kind of roll with the punches when we get there and really just remind, reminding ourselves to check in with our teammates and being as adaptable as we can, and as resilient as we can. Mm -hmm. And it was also really interesting, as Chase said, that like not knowing where other teams are, like where our competitives are, is really anxiety ridden. But then it's also interesting to hear from the Patriot League SAC's point of view that all of the athletes from all the Patriot League feel the same way. So to me, that was comforting knowing that I haven't touched a pool in, like I touch a pool maybe once a week and that's the longest I've ever been without swimming. And knowing that there's other teams out there and other people facing that as well and having the fear of not coming in prepared and really just knowing that we're gonna leave everything we can in the gym and on deck or in your sports once we get back to Holy Cross. So I, I wanna to touch on, cause I think all of you pretty much mentioned this throughout this entire 
uh, podcast so far is resources. And it continues to be something that um, we really discuss a lot about when we're talking about this topic of mental health. And I'll start with Trevor uh, with you first, and then I'll, I'll open it up to the student athletes about um, other ways that you're doing it. But from your perspective, Trevor, what are some resources that are open for um, student athletes to uh, be able to, um, to, to combat mental health? Yeah, certainly. Let me, uh, I'll start with like a couple of things that they can do on, on their own and beyond the things that they may read. And then I'll certainly share what resources and supports are here at, at Holy Cross. So for me, some of the big things as I've worked with the athletes here is, um, especially through the pandemic, is finding the importance of building in pockets of self-care throughout their day. So are they, just as they are scheduling their breakfast, their um, time to do their work, um, time to train, I also think there is uh, an importance on, are they building in self-care? Are they building in time for recovery? Uh, and for me, that's just kind of an, an individual resource that they can, they can access and they can engage in. And it kind of follows the, the formula of like stress plus rest equals growth. And that so often I think that rest piece gets uh, looked at as a, as a weakness or a negative or you're being lazy. Um, but it is actually a integral component to be able to grow, get stronger, and, and really take care of, of yourself from a, a physical and mental uh, well-being approach. So that's just one thing from uh, an individual thing that I really want to stress and emphasize. You know, I'm guessing your strength conditioning coaches tell you to break down the muscles, then replenish, refuel, rest, and then let's get back at it tomorrow and break it down again. Well, I think that that's the same type of thing from our uh, how we strengthen our mind is that we stress and challenge ourselves, but we also are offering ourselves a time for rest and recovery for whatever that may be for your self-care approach. So I just really want to put that plug in there. Um, but in, in terms of uh, resources at, at Holy Cross, let me just kind of share some things here. So our counseling center, we're open through COVID. We're doing most of our work with students via Zoom. So basically all, all things are now kind of telepsychotherapy. Our hours are still nine to 12 and one to five. Um, our urgent care, our walk-in hours are now just virtual and it's every day, Monday through Friday, 10 a.m. and 3 p.m. The best way, if you're wanting an appointment, is to call 508-793-3363. Uh, and there, you know, our awesome and, and friendly office coordinator, Betsy, is going to help you through that. Um, another thing within those resources is obviously there's going to be limited private space um, with uh, when you're on campus. So there has been eight designated private rooms for students to reserve uh, for the use of any counseling sessions, whether you're meeting with a counselor at Holy Cross or you have a private counselor in the community. Either way, you can reserve that room uh, and you just call our main number and, and like I mentioned earlier and Betsy will help you do that. A couple of things as far as resource for you all. Um, we have our protocol, which is our 24-7 online or on-call crisis counselors that can be used anytime uh, for any enrolled Holy Cross student. And that number is 855-418-7282. Uh, and one last thing, just in terms of from a specific student athlete standpoint, um, there's student athlete consultations that I offer in collaboration with athletics and sports medicine. The consultations are called ACEs and they're designed to offer any student athlete support recommendations or problem solving around any current or past situations that are showing up for you. Uh, and those consultations 
um, are meant to be kept private uh, in which make sure that, you know, when I work with you, you're, when you're asked to be scheduled, that is something that I'm going to hold near and dear as far as from a private and confidentiality, confidentiality standpoint. Uh, and so the best way, if you're just wanting to kind of schedule a consultation, right, the meaning why I say consultation, it's not something that you are tied to meeting every other week or something of that nature. It's just more so you want to check in and, and just have a quick conversation, a 30-minute conversation, and that's how I view the consultations. Best way to schedule those is either go to your athletic trainer uh, or email me, uh, T, my email is uh, T-C-O-T-E at Holy Cross EDU. Um, and, and then from there, I'll be happy to set something up with you. So there are certain, certain ways in which you can uh, access this through campus. Also know the chaplain's office is a, is a very um, prominent and well-utilized resource for students. So I really encourage you to do that as well. Um, and then, you know, I, I'll continue to do work with any teams that are, are wanting to connect or hopefully future general workshops. But uh, those are, if I don't, if I'm missing any, I'd love for the panel to share any other resources that they may know. Um, but that's kind of a little bit of our gist uh, in terms of counseling center and, and mental health uh, care on campus. I would love to hear like, what have you been doing? And I know we mentioned it earlier to kind of work yourself through the pandemic and get to your place now, or, or what are you planning on doing with your team to, to navigate the challenges that are coming up um, as you're, you're preparing for competing during this kind of COVID era? Yeah, so I think um, with the start of the semester, there's a lot of people in all different circles kind of telling you what you can't do, which is very, um, very hard to deal with, obviously, but um, obviously if there were, if everything was something we couldn't do, we wouldn't be here. So we're back on campus and there are things that we're still able to do, whether you're a part of a team or not a part of a team. Um, something that my team did yesterday, uh, we're, uh, like I said, I'm on the volleyball team and luckily we're like one of the smaller teams on campus. So uh, stuff like pregame meals um, in like team meetings. Like I think we're like one of the few teams that are actually allowed to be in the auditorium because the maximum capacity is like 20 and we're at 19. So we're allowed to do that. Um, I know not all teams are able to do things of that sort, but um, you can like hop on a Zoom call with a couple of people. I know it's hard to be on there sometimes. There's a bunch of websites where you could be like um, on a screen and like playing games with each other, stuff like that. Stuff that's just fun and, and and lighthearted and um, I know it's cold, but like you can go outside and be socially distant. You can, um, I'm probably gonna text some of my teammates that live down the hall, like, hey, like let's walk down to Kimball to go take out, get some takeout dinner and stuff like that. So I definitely think there's, there's things you can do. You might have to make more of an effort to do so. Uh, but I think due to us being so far apart, it's like no question, like anything that I can do, like, let me do it. Like, let me kind of build up that chemistry with my teammates that um, I wasn't able to do for so long. So there's definitely ways to kind of, I wouldn't say like loopholes, like everything we're doing is within the guidelines that the school and the state has set for us. So as long as you're doing that, like you can still hang out with your like one friend, like you're not gonna be able to do like big gatherings, but I honestly, I feel like it's gonna be more impactful the smaller the group is, so. Yeah, and I know for um for me personally, I was really fortunate that uh, we have a lot of great guys and great coaches on the men's lacrosse team, and um and I remember uh, especially starting this fall, our coaches would always say like basically every practice, uh, like checking on your friends and how are you guys doing, and um 
but in a different sense, not just like, oh, how are you feeling physically, but uh, make sure you're checking in on your friends mentally and checking in on yourself. And there was even times where we might have a film or something and they would address it there. And, uh, and I think just creating that conversation is something that's really important and something that I really respect that um, our team brought up. But um, I think sometimes it can just be that simple as making it a conversation. And then you start to see the ways in which uh, your team can benefit from having those. And um, again, not everyone's always going to participate to the same extent, but just knowing that you can reach out to your teammates or your coaches or things like that um, makes a huge difference for some athletes. I'll just kind of mention, I just hope that you all, I encourage you when in doubt, try to connect in really creative ways because the way that the guidelines are set up, it's going to strip you from those kind of uh, on the spot um, connections and physical physical connection. So the most important thing that's going to happen is for you all to to find a way to creatively connect because you know probably that locker room feel and that locker room time probably going to be taken away from you, uh, which we all know is just one of the the greatest things about being a, being a student athlete and, and being an athlete in general. And so I just really encourage you to find unique ways and creative ways to stay connected with each other. I think with what Jonah said is that like being intentional can also be a really good positive that comes out of all of this. Um, she said she's on the volleyball team, which is 19 people, but coming from the swim team, men and women combined, I think we have like 54 people. And typically when we travel as a team or you have like locker room, there's 30 girls in the locker room typically. So obviously I have connections with everybody individually, but I think it's gonna be a real blessing to have to be very intentional with like my one-on-one -on -one conversations now. And since we all are looking for these new ways of connecting is like really reaching out to people you typically wouldn't reach out to um, on your team or on another team or in someone's on your class. And I think that this could be a really positive interpretation of with the intentionality of reaching out to one-on-ones and like really making deeper connections with people you typically wouldn't. I also really like what you were saying Chase about just having conversations because two of my roommates just moved in today and like we were all just catching up before this and uh, we were talking about Patriot League championships for cross country which are supposed to happen on March 5th and we were all just getting really excited to start running again together and actually training for something that's on the schedule and will hopefully stay on that schedule. So, it, you know, just having those casual conversations about things that are gonna happen in the future really does help like bring up your mental stamina and really just improve like yourself and being. So I think one last thing that I wanna mention, we've talked a lot about mental health. We've talked a lot about mental well-being and strengthening the mind. I just wanna make a caveat that and understand that that's not the only thing or it's not the most important thing when we're talking about uh, performance or a student athlete. You know, I, I see meant the mental part contributing to the overall success. And, and really, you know, coaches and, and strength conditioners would probably love this, but, you know, it's really important that we know we have a foundation of our physical, technical, and tactical abilities that the mental side really puts it all together. And so for me, I look at it as we need the physical attributes we need the, the, the stick work, the footwork. We need to know um, how to perform. And then we also need that technical piece, which is, um, you know, that sport IQ. So those things are, are instrumental to get to a place where the mental piece can really contribute to your performance. 
And the way I look at it is if, if the mental piece was the most important, then Bill Belichick or Brad Stevens would be Hall of Fame players right now. And we know they're not. So that's why we, I, I think it's really important that we're, again, we're putting in this whole picture that it's not, we're not just talking about all we need to talk about and focus on is the mental health and mental well-being. It's we need to look at this as a composite that there are uh, many facets. We just want to make sure that we're paying attention to all of them and putting the same amount of quality effort and care into those to create that kind of that whole identity, that whole person, that whole student athlete. So I just wanted to share a little bit uh, about that to not get lost in how we're just focusing on mental health or, or psychological well-being. One thing that I would say is uh, look at the whole picture. And I think the mental aspect of this is kind of um, hidden in a, in, a lot of, in a lot of situations or ignored. Um, but everybody says like, you gotta get your head in the game, like taking it back to high school musical, like, yeah, if your body's there, but your mind isn't, then you're not gonna really be of uh, much contribution to the team, which is what everything is about. Everybody on here knows that it's like, it's not all about you. You're there to contribute to something that's bigger than yourself. So you wanna make sure that you're pulling from every possible resource that you know can um, improve your performance. So just making sure that you're you're looking at the entire picture, not just not just the physicalness. So something that I can add is, um, I had a recent conversation with uh, Coach Kavanaugh. He's the uh, director of the, uh, uh, the the cross country and track programs at Holy Cross. And I was kind of down on myself because I've been enduring like different injuries throughout my whole college career. And just like not happy that I wasn't contributing anything like physically to the team running wise, but he made it clear to me that like, it wasn't just about running uh, about being on the track or cross country team, like having that positive contribution comes in many different ways, such as supporting your teammates, doing extracurriculars, and just like helping out this sports program in general at Holy Cross. So I just found that like very inspiring and motivating that like, even though I really haven't been able to like go like uh, experience my full potential as a runner at Holy Cross, um, I'm still my coach is still very happy to have me on the team. Yeah, I think that just goes back to what Emily said about making sure that you're developing all aspects of your identity and like cutting yourself that credit because you're just falling back on your identity of being a great teammate and being like a positive person and being a good leader. And those are all things that you can still have if you don't have the physical numbers for running. So I think that's really important. And thank you for sharing. Mm -hmm. Well, first and foremost, I want to thank all of you for taking the time out to have this discussion and the importance of, of mental health and, and especially from the student athlete perspective. Um, and then going off of that, of course, we are all very excited to um, have you all back on campus. And uh, as Connor said, there's a schedule, it's out there. There's athletics that are, are going to be happening this semester. And uh, I don't think we could I'll be more excited to, to have you all back and, and to see that schedule um, as well. So I just wanted to, to say thank you um, for, uh, for taking the time out today to, uh, to tell your, your stories here on Seder Stories. Great. Uh, Elijah, thanks very much for hosting this. Um, and for you all here, Chase, Emily, Maddie, um, Connor, and Joanna, really appreciate putting yourselves out there and kind of being able to, like right what I, what I look at this is we are gaining that level of accessibility and visibility and trying to get what we want that mental well-being to be, which is an integral component to your life as a student athlete. So, you know, thank you very much for, for being a part of this conversation.
Thank you for listening to this episode of Seder Stories. Stay in the loop on all things Holy Cross Athletics at GoHolyCross.com and at GoHolyCross on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Go Cross Go! Go Cross Go!